right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Metro Praise International Church. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. Who's excited this morning to be in the house of the Lord? We can all please stand as we get, as we get ready to worship and get into the presence of God. Who's excited this morning? Who's excited this morning? Amen. Excitement, expectation that God's going to do great things. Amen. My name is Pastor Fred. I want to pass to you on staff. We want to thank you all for being here this morning. We appreciate and love you so much. We'd like to start out with a testimony. This morning we have our brother Juan Garcia testifying. Let's give him a hand. Hi, my name is Juan. I just want to testify this morning. Uh, uh, back in March, uh, I had a prophecy saying that God was going to give me a new job. So he did. During my training, they asked me to resign. And what happened was the same day, uh, my wife gets a call from the landlord saying that they want us to move out because my son was probably, they live right under. The same day, I felt like, okay, uh, I felt discouraged and I didn't know what to think because I felt like I really believed God was his job. So what happened was I prayed and I felt in the spirit, things changed. churches in Chicago and 500 around the world. We reclaim that to you. We reclaim for our marriages that are broken to restore it. We reclaim all these things, Lord, that you have promised your people. And in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.
sing it out.
we have turned to wickedness, if we have turned to idols, dear God, we repent right now. Come on, we're going to take heed to that word. If you have forgotten the devotion of your youth, your first love, if you've turned to begin to follow worthless things, today is the day to come in repentance. His grace is here. His mercy is here for you. God is not rejecting you. God is calling you closer. He is jealous for your heart. He is jealous for your worship. So right now is the time. If that word is for you, just receive it and just worship Jesus with all of your heart. Today is the day where you can draw a line in the sand and say, I'm not going back. Come on, we have time for one more word. Hallelujah, Holy Spirit, speak to us. Sing this song. 
Metro Praise International. We invite all the kids to go on to the back. Your Sunday school is waiting for you. Everyone else, welcome to MPI. We are so happy to have you here with us. If you all can do me a favor and turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians 2, 8. I want to share the gospel with you this morning because God is good. Is God good? Amen. All the time, God is good. He never fails. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He never rejects us, but rather he comes down to be with us. He extends his mercy and grace to wretched, wicked sinners. The Bible says that he did not come for the healthy, but for the what? For the sick. Amen. You and I were infected with sin. We were sick with sin that brings what? Death. But Jesus Christ came down to heal us of that sin, to heal us from the curse of sin that brings destruction. And the Bible tells us in Ephesians 2.8, why? Why did Jesus do that? Why did God make a way for us? For it is by grace. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Amen? The grace of God has been extended to us. To those that put their faith in Jesus Christ and the work that he did for us on that cross. The punishment that he took for us on that cross will receive the gift of God, which is salvation. We live one life here on this earth, but after that, there is eternity. And the Bible says that if you put your faith in Christ Jesus, you can have eternity in heaven. Amen? With God Almighty. Salvation. Saving you from yourself. Saving you from your sin. Saving you from destruction. Because we were not meant for that. We were meant to worship him and him alone. If God did it in my life, he can do it in, in your life. And just like I said during the time of transition, one word from God is enough to change your life and change the course of your life because he did it in my life. I didn't come looking to be saved. I didn't come looking to be a better person, but I came face to face with the living God through one word that was given to me. And I pray that today someone will get rocked and someone will get the revelation of who God is and how good he is and that he is extending his mercy and grace to you this morning because he is good, amen? So what I want to do this morning, I want to pray right now. If that is you and you're on the fence and you're still playing with sin, I want to tell you sin is not playing with you. And that sin will harden your heart to the point where you don't want anything to do with the things of God. And I pray that God will break that off your life and you will make the decision to surrender your all to Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. And I come in ex with expectancy knowing that you are a God who saves. Your arm is not too short to save. And you are here this morning, and you know every single heart that is here, that is sitting in this sanctuary. And I pray, dear God, that you would reach out, that you would convict, that you would awaken the hearts of your people, and that sin would not be their master any longer. 
I pray, dear God, that your people would cling to what is good and hate what is evil. I pray that your people would arise and be the disciples that you've called them to be. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, I pray for your transformation right now that eyes would open in Jesus' name and that people would be born again, sons and daughters of the living God. So have your way this morning in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Please stand with me. Come on, God is good. If that is you and you're saying, I want to live for Jesus, I'm surrendering my life today. We have some prayer workers right up here for you. So during our time of fellowship, that is your time to speak with them, and they want to pray with you. And so what we're going to do right now, we're going to recite our confession of faith. This is our biblical worldview. And so we're going to shout this out. We're going to declare it together on the count of three. One, two, three. I believe in one God and creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Father who so loved the world, the Son who purchased my salvation in its death, burial, and resurrection, and the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ, built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons, in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind. It is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen and amen. Come on. Greet your neighbor, meet somebody new. If you need prayer, our prayer workers are right up here for you.
All right, it's good to see everybody here for our first service. Who's excited they came today? You guys are in for an awesome, awesome, powerful experience with the Lord. Thank you for coming to Metro Praise International. We welcome you here for our 10 a.m. service, especially if this is your first time here. Thank you for coming on behalf of all the leaders. And we want to welcome you to come on back and keep inviting your friends and family. Amen. We want to let you guys know that we have two services here every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. This is our family service. We have King's Kids in the back for children, infants to 11 years old. And we also have Elevate at every Friday at 7 p.m. for students 11 to 18. So if you're a teenager, this is where you want to be on Friday nights. And if you know of any teenagers, please let them know that this is an awesome youth group for the students in Chicago. How many of you guys know what next week is? Come on, it's our MPI back to school outreach. We've been waiting for it. This goes into our building fund for the soul winning summer. So we are expecting God to do awesome things, bringing in new families, new, new families and children hearing about the word of God. So Sunday, August 28th, next week for both of our services, we're going to be giving away free school supplies for 200 students, three laptops, Two in the first service, one in the second service. We want you guys to come out strong. Invite your, the friends of your uh, children to come on out and grab the flyers. We have ushers passing out the flyers for this event. If they're not, they will. Ushers will grab the MPI Back to School Outreach flyers. Grab a whole bunch. Leave them on buses, restaurants, wherever you could get um, your hands on, really. Look to your neighbor say, let's do it. So pass that out. Here at MPI, we have a vision, a strategy, and a goal. Somebody say vision. Loving God and loving people is our vision. It is the two greatest commandments that Jesus gave to us to live our life by. And we want to live our life to the fullest, to love God and to love people. And our strategy here is to connect you, to mentor you, and to send you out. We want to connect you through our life groups. We want to mentor you through our 101 and 201 books, and then we want to send you out to do evangelism, to keep preaching the gospel, and to win the lost. And our goal, somebody say goal, is to have 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches here and 500 around the world. Let me get a what, what? All right, so look to your neighbors, say get connected. The way that you get connected here at MPI is through our life groups. Turn your handout around. You'll see the schedule for this quarter of life groups. I want to encourage you, especially if you're new, you've been coming for a little bit, you haven't gotten connected yet, find a life group to belong to. It will change your life. Here's a snapshot on the screen of the life groups that we have happening for this week. Kicking it off today is our marriage life group. Come on, married folk. Child care will be available here at the church at 5 p.m. We're going out to Navy Pier for a date night tonight. So if you're married, if you're new, you want to be there today. Wednesday is our King's Kids Life Group, infant to 11 years old, 6.30 here at the church. We have Royal Rangers and Impact Girls Clubs. Thursday every week is our gang outreach, 18 years and up, 7 p.m., meeting here at the church, hitting the streets, finding gangbangers, literally going to these streets, looking for gangbangers to preach the gospel to them. And then Friday every week we have two adult Bible studies for you. One is at the Govea's house. The other one is at the Vivid's house, 18 years and up, 7 p.m. Make plans to be there. Get refreshed. Be around the fellowship of believers and get into the word of God throughout the week. Look to your neighbor. Say, get mentored. We want to mentor you here through our 101 and 201 books. We have 101 book called Welcome to Your New Life. 
This is done one-on-one -on -one with a leader in the church who will be there with you, pray with you, encourage you, and challenge you to be all that God has called you to be. And when you graduate the 101, you'll get into the 201 class, Disciples That Make Disciples. And this is our leadership training classes. This is where we will teach you and empower you to be all that God has called you to be, to one day be ordained as a deacon or an elder in the church. And then we want to send you out. Somebody say, send. We want to send you out to do evangelism, to preach the gospel on the streets. Every Saturday from 5 to 8, we hit the streets and go street witnessing. If you've never done it, I want to encourage you. The Bible says that he who wins souls is wise. So if you want to be wise, win some souls. And if you're scared, give your fear to the Lord and just do it. Look at your neighbor and say, just do it. It is awesome. You will be refreshed as you refresh others with the word of God. And how many of you guys believe that Jesus is the only answer for our city, for our country, and for all the nations of the earth? And if, they, if we don't go, they won't hear. So we are all mandated by God to go and preach the gospel and make disciples. So in recap, we have a vision, a strategy, and a goal. A vision to love God and love people. A strategy to connect, mentor, and send. And a goal is to have 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches here and 500 around the world. Let me get a hallelujah. Praise God. He is on the move and he is able. Amen. It is not by our doing. It, what we think is impossible with us is always possible with God. How many of you guys excited to give your tithes and offerings today? Come on. This is an extension of our worship unto the Lord. We must be found faithful in this area as well as every other area of our life, being obedient to God. And MPI believes that the Bible teaches that a tithe is 10% of our total income given regularly to the church. We designate our offering, and offering is above the tithe that is between you and the Lord, and we designate that towards missions and towards building. And we'll get into that in a, in a few moments again. Let's turn to our giving book lesson. It's from the Disciples Giving Book. You can find it on our website. We're on section three of the book, which is talking and teaching all about stewardship. And today is lesson six. Stewards are to be wise. Stewardship is the wise management of everything God has entrusted us with. We're going to be reading from Luke chapter 14, verses 42 through 44. Luke 14, verses 42 through 44. The Lord answered, Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all of his possessions. Let's read the three main points from that passage of Scripture. Number one, stewardship parables. Jesus loved teaching in parables. Parable is a story. Jesus used parables about servants and masters and bosses with employees to teach us that if worldly people are rewarded for good stewardship, how much more will he reward us when we are wise in managing what he has given to us? See, a lot of times as believers, we don't understand that God is going to hold us accountable for everything that he's given to us. And that's why he wants us to be wise steward stewards. He's giving us things to manage, and he wants us to manage them well and to be wise. Number two, wise stewards work when the master is gone. Look to your neighbor and say, don't be lazy. Jesus taught that the wise steward is to be obedient and manage all of his possessions while he is in heaven. So while Jesus is in heaven, what are we to be doing down here? Working and working hard and doing it in excellent 
excellence and for his glory. And number three, put in charge of all of his possessions. Jesus promised in all of his stewardship parables that the wise manager will always be rewarded with more of heaven's treasures. And how many of you guys know that's where we're storing our treasures? It's there. Amen. So in summary, be a wise steward with everything God has given you by keeping Jesus' commands. And this is how you could apply this lesson to your life. Number one, be faithful in giving your tithes, 10% of your total income, and offerings, anything you give after your tithe. Number two, listen and obey Jesus' instructions concerning your finances. If you feel like you're in a bind in your finances, give it to God. Trust in his word, obey his commands, and watch how he will come through for you. But he will not bless our mess. He will not bless when we don't follow his way. Amen? And number three, be a wise steward that can be rewarded with more of Jesus' possessions. So if you want that to be you, if you want to be a wise steward, let's confess this over our life together on the count of three. One, two, three. God has called us to be managers that are committed to stewarding whatever gifts we have received from him. We are to be wise, fruitful, faithful, trustworthy, multiplying, and shrewd stewards, living debt-free and generous lives, providing an inheritance for our children and grandchildren. Amen. Can you guys please stand up to your feet this morning as we prepare to give the Lord our tithes and offerings? Again, a tithe is 10% of our total income given regularly to the church. An offering is above the tithe. We designate towards various mission projects throughout the year. And our current building fund is the soul winning summer. You guys are doing awesome. Let's continue to be faithful and generous and give with cheerful hearts. Here are four ways that you could give here at MPI. Number one, in the bucket during the offering. Number two, on the wall-mounted drop boxes in the back. You could go in the back and use a credit or debit card. Pastor Griselda can help you with that if you want to use that today. And number four, you could go online and use Chase Quick Pay, PayPal, or Bill Pay at mpichurch.org forward slash giving. Very convenient, easy to use. Let's recite this together. Philippians 4, 19. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your faithfulness and abundance in our lives. God, we want to be faithful stewards, wise stewards. I pray that you would receive this offering and these tithes. God, as a sweet aroma unto you, God, that you would bless and multiply it. Bless the gift and the giver. I pray that you would bring increase, that we would win Chicago for you. That Chicago would experience, God, a revival, God, all across the nation as well and to the ends of the earth. Let the gospel be, uh, be preached so that all may hear, so that all will know. I thank you, God, for your generosity to our lives. And we, in turn, God, will be generous and give with cheerful hearts so that we could reap a harvest, oh, God, and trust and believe that you will meet our needs according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And everybody said amen please come forward as you give and we thank you so much for your generosity
right, let's make some noise if you're ready to get it on. Come on, y'all can do better than that. Make some noise. Say, Jesus. 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 Man, I'm so excited. Welcome to Metro Praise International. I'm Pastor Joe, your friendly neighborhood pastor. We have a special guest today. We've promoted on Facebook, so I know many of his friends may be here today. But I want to encourage every single one of you that call this church your church to have your ears and your hearts open, ready to receive from the man of God. The man of God that is here today has such a humble beginning, and he has done many mighty things for the Lord, but he's never forgot where he came from. He knows he's just a sinner saved by grace from the Philippines, but he's traveled all all over the world. He's been with some of the greatest preachers, people that I call my heroes. He has stood on the stage with them, preached with them, laid hands on the sick, and see God showed up with them. He's planted over 50 churches in the Philippines, churches all over here in America. He's traveled literally all around the world, and he's made it his opportunity to be with us today. And I want to tell you, it doesn't just stop today, saints. We have partnered with him in the Philippines. So if you want to know where our monies went in the Philippines, talk to that man of God because that's the crusade we supported just a few months ago and we're going to be doing it again. So I want you to stand to your feet. Give God a great big hand clap of praise for Pastor Ray Bishop. Have your way with the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you and good morning. You know what? I think we can do better than that. Let's give all that praise to Jesus. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's good to be here. Thank you, Pastor Joe and uh, Metro Praise for allowing me to come. Some of my friends are here. Uh, some of my Indian friends are here. Where is Nancy? And so, Is there anybody here who knows me? Other people there, praise the Lord. Some people knew me, amen. How many came because I am here? Oh, okay, a few people. God bless you. How many of you came because Jesus is here? Oh, that's beautiful, amen. Before I go farther, let me just show you a little bit what I'm doing in the Philippines. So quickly, there's no sound, just picture. And I'm going to just, we have a school from kindergarten to 12th grade. We have 50 churches all over the Philippines, and we just birthed a new one in a commercial district of Metro Manila, and we are planning of launching out five churches next year into three big islands in the southern part of the Philippines where the Muslim area is concentrated. It's time to do the work. Night is coming when no man can work. What must be done must be done quickly. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ worldwide have been wasting too much time. We need to catch up because the clock is ticking. And if you have never been involved, you better get out of your comfort zone because regret is always at the end. Let us not go to heaven empty-handed. Let us go there with a smile and say, through your grace, I have accomplished something. So watch quickly for a few minutes and then we'll go to the word of the Lord. And I would like to make a report of the crusade and the seminar in Davao City. And God and the Philippines still waiting for Mitra Praise to come back, especially this man. Yeah, maybe uh, just put on a little background music, sound booth, guys. And uh, That's yeah, maybe just describe a little bit. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, uh, this is our high school. 
That's our gym. Okay, this is our PE. This is our field, our field trip. churches how many people attend these churches so in the movement that God has given you how many disciples do you think that you're overseeing and how many pastors uh, there are uh, around uh, pastors and leaders in different that's around 200 yes and we have um, total of congregation if you put all together is 5,000 5,000 people about 200 pastors wow Filled with the Holy Spirit. Most of these people are children. There are some Muslims, there are some Catholics, uh, a few Christians, but it is a mission filled in itself. Yeah, I know that you had a box of uh, clothes after the tsunami, and we had sent that. It was about $1,500 to get all that stuff over. 60 boxes. Yeah, 60 boxes from America. So he's always sending stuff over. We paid for that last shipment. I came into his house. I saw the, all these boxes, and I said, what's going on? He says, we don't have the money to send what people have donated. I said, how much is it? He said, it's about 1500 I said, do it. Thank you, Mr. Briggs. conference. It's one of our church. We had sent out books. How many books? About a thousand books to one of your conferences? How many books did we send with you for the last conference? You did our discipleship books. Around 900. 900, close to a thousand. Our books, the discipleship books, the uh, the Apollo Quibloy books against the cult because we trained them how to reach out to the cult. That was for the planning, I believe. The planning for the conference. There are 30 pastors that uh, uh, work with me to put it together. This is one of our churches in the province that got hit by the storm and has not been built. Uh, we didn't have the funds, but the people are meeting in two different houses. This is our main church. This, this church got burned uh, four years ago. It took us two years to rebuild it. That's, that's our main church. This is our Holy Ghost night where people come and seek for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and get deliverance and... Uh, got empowered to become witnesses. Let's stop there. because there. And Sister Irene, stand up. She went with me a few years ago. 
with our medical team in the Philippines. And uh, we traveled in different parts of the Philippines. And we thank God. And so it, it would be nice if Metro Praise can make, can form a team that can come. We have doctors there. We have nurses. We have eye doctors and dentists that travels around. But we need some people in it and medicine. But that's how we build our church. We go out into a community. We do um, clinic in the morning for free. And in the evening, we have crusades. And at the end of three days, we have a congregation. Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen. But I did not come here to advertise whatever the Lord is doing. I'm, I came here because I believe God has a word for us. How many believe that there's always a word for in season? Amen. And I, I don't want you to be disappointed coming here. I don't want you to be entertained. I want you to have an encounter with God that you can look back after today and say something good happened. I have experienced something supernatural. There's a transformation. There is a there is a, um, a what you gonna, an explosion that has a tangible evidence of a life change and transformed by the power of God. Not only that sinner will be transformed, but primarily Christian need to go from glory to glory to glory to maturity from babes to children and to adult from being carried to caring others uh, from being uh, pampered to pamper others uh, and from being uh, you know coached to be coaching others uh, it is a work where everybody can be a part of and there is no respecter of person. Only what God requires. You are willing to make your hands get dirty for heaven. Amen. Amen. So today, first of all, men of God, I bow down before you. I submit to you as the head of this house. And uh, my only purpose of coming here is to be a blessing to your people. You know, you're blessed to have a man that is on fire for God. I have been to many churches where I felt like I'm getting put in the icebox. But your church is, is a furnace. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And if your house has no furnace, you better get ready. Winter is coming. <laughs> You've been in trouble. Amen. And you walk to big churches, it's, a it's not a furnace, it's an icebox. Now turn your Bibles to the book of John chapter 11. We're going to talk about the resurrecting power of God. I know it's not Easter Sunday, but we don't need to wait for Easter Sunday to experience uh, the regenerating, restoring, reviving, life-giving power of God. As a matter of fact, we need to walk in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ every day. There is no victory in life if we are not walking in the power of this new life. Our prayer lives will be not effective if we are not walking in victory. We are going to be groaning even in our prayer. We are going to be complaining even in our prayer. We are going to be always negative in every speck of our life. But when you are walking in the resurrected power of Jesus Christ, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power will bring you out from where you are to the place where you should be in God. Amen. You know, 
It is wonderful if you came here today dead. You know, if you came here today, you are going to walk out of here alive. If you came here today broken, you're going to walk out here put together, healthy as could be, healed and renewed by the power of God. When you came here with a big, heavy heart and a, you know, a gloomy face, you're going to walk out here radiating the glory of Jesus Christ. That's my desire. That's what I'm craving for. If you came here loaded with problems, I want you to walk out of here flying in the air, knowing that there is something that Jesus has accomplished in your life. In everything that is dead in you can come alive. Everything that has been broken can be fixed to completeness in Jesus' name. Everything that is lost can be regained and be restored. And everything that is being buried can be resurrected. Can you say amen? amen. Now the story is about Lazarus. Lazarus is a friend of Jesus. And I look at the name, the meaning of Lazarus. It means God hath helped, or God is my helper. Wherever you go in the world, we all people are always looking for help. I was reading on the news the other day. That people now that are, there was a line for going to, now please, if I'm not putting down anybody, but I'm just seeing what is in the news. They're lining up to go for welfare. But then there was a big commotion because now in order for you to be, uh, to, uh, to have that benefit, you need to have a work or seeking for job. You follow what I'm saying? If you need this, this help, you need to help yourself first, even if it is a part-time job. Anywhere in the world, everybody is looking for help. But you cannot find better help than in Jesus Christ. You cannot find any sol solution in your problem than Jesus Christ. There is no answer outside of Jesus Christ. And there's no fulfillment outside of Jesus Christ. And there's no joy outside of Jesus Christ. Thank God he came to be your helper. Amen. And he's not respecter of person. He helped anybody. In other words, he, to be helper and to be a help, you need to be involved in the problem of that individual. And Jesus was involved even in death. Not just in victory, not just in joy, but in sorrow, in pain, and even in death. Hallelujah. But let me tell you, when Jesus stepped in to your circumstances, whether it's death or whatsoever, everything becomes alive. Hello. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am life and resurrection. And whosoever believeth in him, do he died, yet he lives again. So we see the story, Lazarus was sick. Mary and Martha, his sisters, and they are friends of Jesus. So they sent a word to Jesus and said, your friend Lazarus is sick. Come. 
But see, Jesus did not immediately jump just because you said, I'm in need. Now, the story tells us that he was delayed in going to Lazarus to help him. Now, how many of you have been praying and the answer has not come yet? And how many of you have prayed and the answer did not come the time you wanted to arrive? And how many of you feel like God did not hear your prayer? I've been there many times. It seems like, you know, I spent so long in prayer, but it seems like he did not hear my prayer. But lesson number one that we need to understand Delayed is not rejection. Number two, delayed is a preparation for a greater breakthrough. Hello. Delayed is setting your stage for a greater miracle. And delayed is God's proper timing. He comes in the time that he desired to come. Not in your time. Not in my time. But in his own time. And when your time arrives. Even if you are already dead. When your time arrives. Uh, no death can hinder you. No death can conquer you. No death can bring you down. You will come alive. Because help has arrived. Hallelujah. Amen. Say with me. Help has arrived. That's the person next to you. Help has arrived. Jesus is in the house. Jesus has arrived. The answer has arrived. The victory has come. Come on, put your hands together and say praise the Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, most probably the disciples were saying, Jesus, let's go. Hurry up. And Jesus said to the disciples, guys, relax. This sickness is not unto death. He says, there's nothing. How many, of you, how many of you would like to see a miracle? Few hands. How many of you will see supernatural work of God? See, in order for a miracle to happen, in order for supernatural things to take place, you must first be put in a position that it will warrant a miracle. Hello. Many times God is setting us for a miracle, but we run away from it because it's not convenient. It's not a good feeling to be in need. It's not a good feeling to be confronted with the reality. You have cancer. You have diabetes. You're going to die. It's not a good feeling. Or you're broke. Or your marriage turns sour. Or is turning away and filing for a divorce. It's not a good feeling. But it is when miracle is needed. It is when supernatural is warranted. And when every situation is against you. And every situation is beyond your control. Rejoice. God is setting you up for a miracle. God is setting you up for a supernatural breakthrough. God wants you to taste the power of the world to come. Hallelujah. 
That's not the time to cry. It's not a time to feel sorry for yourself. It's not a time to blame others. It's a time to get ready to come out of your grave. It is a time to get ready to come out of the cemetery. It is a time to get out of your darkness and your bondage because health has come and resurrection has arrived. Hallelujah. Amen. He delayed. And finally, he came. The Bible tells us that when Martha heard that Jesus has come, she ran. At this time, Lazarus has been in the grave. He has been buried. Four days. Now this is amazing. Okay. Jesus died. And was buried. And in three days. After three days. He resurrected from the dead. Come on. Listen to me. Number four. Came. After three, in order for four to come, three must push it up. Three, number three must give way for four to come. Jesus died and resurrected on the third day to bring you into your fourth day. My God, hallelujah. Jesus is the third day. I am the fourth day. And no matter how deep your fourth day, that three days will push you back to where you should be. Come on. Hallelujah. See, the grave could not hold Jesus down. The cross could not keep him there. And like what the song said, go ahead, bury me. And in three days, I shall rise again. And you don't need for three days. Three days has passed. This is your fourth day. And Lazarus resurrected on the fourth day. Hallelujah. He was dead for three days. He resurrected on the fourth day. This is your fourth day. Hallelujah. I'm walking in into my fourth day. It's a new beginning. It's a new day. It's a new dispensation. It's a new measure of grace. It's a new measure of mercy. It's a new measure of revelation. It's a new day better than yesterday. It's a new day better than the, year, the day before and the year before. It's the fourth day. The third day is behind me. I cannot look back, but I'm possessing the fourth day. It's a resurrection day. It's a coming out of the grave day. It's a day of new beginning. It's a day of conquering death. It's a day of conquering the past. It's a day of glory. It's a day of victory. It's a day of rejoicing. It's a day of being happy. It's a day of being restored. It's your fourth day. Woo! My Lord, my time is running past.
Mm. Martha came, and in verse 20, it said, Then Martha, soon as she heard just was that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast, my God, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. And the way I look at it, God spoke to me. The right word should be, Lord, now that you are here, hallelujah. Not if you have been here, but now that you are here, everything will change. Now that you are here, pictures will turn around. The ugly becomes beautiful. The dark becomes bright. The sour becomes sweet. Hallelujah. Now that you have arrived, it's a time to rejoice. It's a time for victory. It's a time for resurrection. It's a time of new beginning. Now that you have arrived. I don't care where you are at and what your situation may be. Rejoice. He has come. Hallelujah. That which you have been longing has arrived. That which you have been Waiting and expecting has come. That which you are anticipating becomes a reality. In other words, your anxiousness has ended. Your perplexities evaporated. Your anguish, hallelujah, has disappeared. And all of the negative emotions are all dead. Now, he has come. There's an old song that goes this way. Then Jesus come, and all the powers, and all the tempter's power is broken. There is no power that can stand in the presence of Jesus Christ that will not bow down and confess his Lord to the glory of the Father. Whether it is economic crisis, whether it is financial crisis, whether it is physical, emotional, mental, relational, or whatever it is that is bothering you, it will bow down before Jesus and confess his Lord when Jesus comes. He brings the picture totally different. But Martha said, if you came, came a little bit earlier, then we should have not had any funeral service. You know, why did you come too late? Remember, God is never too late. God is never too advanced. He's always on time. Hallelujah. If it is not yet your time, you can put up a tantrum and you can get wild and crazy. Nothing will happen. But if it is your time, you don't even need to lift a finger. No demon from the pit of hell can stop it or hinder against it because it's your time. Hallelujah. And today is my time. I'm entering in my fourth day. Hallelujah. Oh, Hallelujah. Then Martha said, but I know, oh God. Martha said, 
if you come a little bit early, then my brother would have not died. But then she, then she said, I get, I guess she got guilty and convicted. That says it's a negative thing to the Lord. And so she needed to cover up her negativism and lack of faith. And then something came out of her mouth and said, but I know that's a person next to you. Do you know? Ask him loud. Do you know? Can you, can you say, but I know? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the person next to you. I know. How about you? Hallelujah. Martha said, but I know. Whew. That even now, whatsoever that will ask of God, God will give it to you. My Lord, what a confession of faith, right? What a confession of positive faith. What a trust in the Lord. No, I think it was just a cover up. Because Jesus said, Thy brother shall rise again. And immediately she responded, Yes, Lord, not today, but in the day of resurrection. <laughs> Sounds familiar? We confess right now, and we will not, and they said, No, it will never happen. Sometimes we are the greatest enemy of ourselves, and we blame the devil. When somebody to be blamed is you and I. And we blame the church. When in reality, we're supposed to be blaming ourselves. If you have come earlier, my brother would have not died. But I know that you have power. I know you can do everything. I know nothing is impossible with you. I know if I believe all things are possible... Then Jesus said, your brother will rise again. Say, yeah. Yes, in the day of resurrection. But today is your resurrection day. Not tomorrow. Tomorrow might not come. Today is the reality. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a reality. Hallelujah. A lot of people are looking in the past and they died remembering the past. A lot of people looking into the future and they die not possessing the future. Because if you don't look at the present, you'll never see the future. God is the God of the now. He's not the God of tomorrow. He's the God of yesterday. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow might not come. But today is what you have. You have the fourth day. Hang on to that and grab the fourth day. It is the day where you're going to come out of your grave and bring into a new life. Bring into a new life in Jesus Christ. <laughs> mm, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. And the life. He that believeth in me, though he will be dead, he shall live again. Listen, if you are dead, of course you are not. We are not talking about physically because you are here. You're moving, you're smiling, you're raising your hand. 
There are a lot of people who are alive outside, but dead inside. There are a lot of people who are smiling outwardly, but they are crying inside. And if you're experiencing death in your life, you tried, but nothing worked. You tried to save your marriage, it get more sour. You tried to get your job, to keep your job and do better, you got fired. You be nice to people, they took advantage of you. Verse 26. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believeth thou this. Do you believe that you come out of your deadness? Do you believe that you will walk out of your grave? Do you believe that everything that is dead in you will come to life? That's what Jesus is saying. Verse 27 says, Say it unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had so said, she went her way, and called Mary her sister secretly, saying, The master is come, and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly, and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. The Jews when, then which were with her in the house, and comforted her, this is Martha, when they saw Mary, uh, Mary I mean to say, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. I think, no, no offense, you know, I think Mary and Martha maybe have the Catholic attitude. Catholics visit more the dead, more than the living. They go to more to the cemetery. And visit the dead and put flowers and light candles than visiting the living. Because a dead has no good to a dead. But a living has something good to do for the dead. Hello, I'm not talking about in the cemetery, in your household, if they are not Christian, they're dead. In your job, if they are not Christian, they're dead. If your husband or your wife or your children, they are not in Jesus, they are dead. And there are a lot of Christians who fellowship more among the dead than the living. Because it's too easy to fellowship with the dead than the living. Because there is no conviction when you are with the dead. Hello? It's too easy than to be around Christian. The, the aura of their faces gives you already conviction. And makes you, drives you crazy because you are not living for God. So let the dead be visited by the living. Because when the living comes to the dead, they become resurrected. Because the resurrected Jesus Christ in you is giving you life to resurrect others. That's why you that are preaching on the street, be encouraged. You're releasing life to the dead. You're coming to the cemetery to call the dead to life. Amen. And if you who have not been there, shame on you. 
Come out. Let's go to the grave to open every grave and call them out to life. Amen. There's so much life in me to praise, not just inside of this place. It needs to go to where the dead are to bring them to life. The only way this church can grow is when the resurrection power that is in you will resurrect the people that you encounter with and bring them to the kingdom of God. That's the only way this church will grow. So let the dead bury the dead. And let the living resurrect the dead. Amen. Whew, Jesus, help me. Now, coming to verse 33. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping which came with her, she groaned in the spirit and was troubled. I want you to understand that what troubles you, troubles him. What distresses you, distressed him. What pains you, pain him. What crushes you, crushed him. Because the Bible tells us he is the high priest of our confession. Who is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He's not a God in distance. He's a God that rubbed elbow with you. He's a God that intimately became. He's not a God somewhere else, but he's a God ever present who wants to be involved in every nitty gritty of your experience, who walks with you in rough road through the night, through the suffering, in the hospital bed, and whatever it is that you're walking on, he'll never leave you, nor forsake you, he'll be with you even unto the end. When you go through the water and through the river and through the fire, he will be with you. When you cry, he cry. When you groan, he groan. When you laugh, he laugh. Hallelujah. He's touched with the feeling of your infirmities. Nobody can understand you more than him. He knows how it is to be ridiculed. He knows how it is to be rejected. He knows how it is to be an outcast. He knows how it is to be persecuted. He, knows, he, he knew how it is to be betrayed. There are nothing in this life that we go through that Jesus has not been there yet. Before you arrived there, he was already there. And he understands the pain and the agony of that experience more than anybody else. And because he understands, he's merciful, he's gracious, he's understanding, he's considerate. Hallelujah. And he will not chop your head immediately, but will give you a second chance. So he wept, broken until your heart is broken, you're not going to be a blessing. The bread and the fish did not multiply until it was broken. And most of these things that we go through in life 
are the process where we can be broken so that we can be multiplied. And it is in breaking that healing come and take place. It is in breaking that restoration will take place. It is in breaking that multiplying will take place. And it is in blessing that we become useful and satisfy the hungry around us. It's good to be broken. And when you're broken and you go through the process of being broken, there's a weeping and a crying. But it's okay. He wept with you and he cried with you. And it makes it easier when somebody weep and cry with you. He'll never condemn you because you are crying. He'll cry with you. And you know what he would say? Come on in. Just come closer. Here's my shoulder. Cry. You can bawl and just say, and he'll never push you. He understands your emotions, understand your feelings more than anybody else. I've been there. When I pioneered my first church, I've been away from home for three years. I decided to visit my mom. I said to the presbyter of the church of the district where I belong, I want to go for one month vacation. Can you send somebody to take my place? I said, okay, I'll send my my youth pastor, who was my classmate in Bible school. When I came back, I have no more church. They took over the church. They packed my things, and they said, this is no longer your place. I was ready to kill. I was ready to backslide. I was so betrayed until Jesus said, uh-huh, I've been there, but I did not quit. I've been there, but I did not run away. I said to the Father, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that in the time of our need, in the time, the point of our desperation, he did not say, forget about it. They will not serve me anyway. I know they're going to turn their back. They will not commit themselves totally. But then they said, nevertheless, 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 not my will, but your will be done. Nevertheless, I'll face the consequences. Nevertheless, I'll face the death. Nevertheless, I go to the cross. Hallelujah. He knows what you're going through. Hallelujah. And when he say, I love you, he really meant it. When he say, I'm here for you, he meant it. He's not a politician that asks after your vote. Because whether you vote for him or not, he remains to be God. Your believing in him will not increase his being God. And your disbelief will not diminish his being God. Whether you believe or not, accept or not, he remains to be God. And he's still the resurrection and the life. You remain dead, but life continues on. Amen. Hallelujah. He wept. Weeping is not a sign of weakness. But weeping is a sign of letting go. We have a general in the military in our church. His wife is a very strong Christian. Every time there's a special service, she will try her best to influence her husband to come. And every time that altar call, 
She always grabbed her husband's hand and bring her to the, him to the altar. People were falling down. And here he was. He saw the people crying. People are screaming. And, and he said, they're crazy. And I prayed for him. And nothing happened. And the wife, his wife was standing next to him. And he started crying and worshiping the Lord. All of a sudden, she heard his wife speaking in tongues. She looked at her. He looked at her. He looked at himself. And he said, am I a stone that I cannot be moved? So I came around the second time. I prayed for him. Boom, he dropped to the floor. And crying. Crying. Then after that, he said, what a release it was when I began to cry. Because to show that I am a general, I'm a man, I hold in my emotion. I would never let go of my anger, my pain, and my disappointment. But when I drop to the floor, it seems like everything bursts into open arms. What a relief. What a feeling it was. The more you hold it in, the more the turmoil, turmoil get increases. So let go with your emotion. Tears will, will break your hardened heart. It is not wrong. It's not wrong to shed tears when God is touching you. Because heaven and earth will melt at the presence of God. You know what, beloved? Learn to let go. Weep like Jesus weep. Well, I think... One of the reasons he was crying is that she felt sorry for Mary and Martha. She was crying probably because of the unbelief of the people. But primarily she was crying for joy because now, hallelujah, they're going to see something never happened before. Hallelujah. They're going to witness that something never been done before. Hallelujah. They're going to be surprised what heaven can do when one cry out for prayer into the Lord Almighty. And when heaven comes, earth responds positively. I think he was crying for joy, for excitement, for what is about to happen. You might be crying for pain, but she's crying for joy because she's saying, this is your day. Hallelujah. Lift up your hand and say, this is my day. Hallelujah. Do you believe that this is my day? Go down to verse 39. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time, I like the King James, he stinketh. By this time, he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. No, don't open the grave. Everybody will pass out. Hallelujah. You know what I mean? There is anything that is dead, the smell is bad. I walk into my office in Manila. I passed through the office of all of the pastors, went to my office. I said, what's that smell? I said, it's too offensive. I, said, I went out, I said, 
find it. They looked everywhere. They could not find I said, smell like a rat. There was nothing. They removed all the books from the bookshelves. They looked under the desk, and they could not find But I said, there's smell still. You cannot hide the smell. You can cover up yourself, and you can put a lot of perfume, and you can put up a side of a smile. They can smell something is wrong. Especially if you come to Metro Praise. They smell you quickly. You know, because when you are in the presence of God, your nostril is sensitive. <laughs> Martha said, no, 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 no. After four days, he's now decomposing. It's dead, four days. We already give up. We already surrendered. Jesus said, never retreat, never surrender. Always advance. He smelled bad. Jesus answered unto her, said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. It's time for you to see the glory of God. It's time for you to see the power of God. It's time for you to see the demonstration of the supernatural that God alone can perform. It's time for you to see a new thing in God. You keep seeing old things and you keep seeing the same result. Open your eyes and see him high and lifted up and his glory fills the temple. It's time to see something Better, something good, something extraordinary, something out of this world, something only God can perform, something that God desires to do that no man is willing to do. Hallelujah. If you believe, you will see your brother alive. You will see the glory of God. Then they took Away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, hallelujah, we have a Father in heaven. Mm, even Jesus has a Father. Even Jesus called. To the Father. Father. <laughs> I know thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Verse 43. And when he thus had spoken, Ah, get ready. After he said all of this statement, he lifted up his voice and said, Lazarus, come forth. He knows your name better than anybody else. 
And your name carry your characteristic, your attitude, your attribute, your disposition. Your name describe who you are. Your name tells you who you are, where you came from, where you are at, and where you are going. There's something about your name. And he calls you by your name, not by just anybody, by your personal name. It's an intimate way. When you call him, hey, Joe, hey, Ray, it's a personal name. It's intimacy. It breaks the barrier. It breaks any culture and tradition. It brings you a divine connection. Lazarus, it's a time. Your fourth day has arrived. I am your help that has come. Come out. But it is interesting to notice how quickly Lazarus responded. It is amazing to me that the dead can respond quickly than the living. You know, the sinner that comes to a service responds more faster than the people who have been sitting for a while in the church. They got, to you, they got so used to the comfortable feeling. You know, I've been a member of this church. I give my tithe. I come to church. I'm active. But they're not really living in the fullness of Jesus' life. And there is this altar call. There is this counsel. There is this everything. But the dead... Because it's dead. I want to come out of this. It's lonely here. It's dark in here. I need a change. Hallelujah. And immediately the dead hear the voice of the master. More than the living in our church. It's almost like. Blessed are those who are dead first. Who are dead. Because they will be the first one. To hear the sound of the trumpet. And the voice of the archangel. And they will be raptured first before the living. So if you are dead today. In whatever status in life you are in. And you are dead. You are dead emotionally. Your marriage is dead. Your financial finances is dead. Your physical is dead. After I got married. My wife had two miscarriages. And the doctor said to her and I. Shall never have children. The whole world collapsed on top of me. Until I read Hannah's story. And I said, Lord, I challenge you. You are unfair. You heard her, uh, Hannah's prayer and you just ignore us. And if you're really a God who is no respecter of person, uh, then you must do to us what you have done to Elkanah and Hannah. And I have another miscarriage. And the doctor said, she'll never be able to bear children. I said, that's your word. But God can say, baby, be formed inside of her. And so when she was pregnant with the first child, she was bedridden for nine months. She was bleeding all the way through the nine months, like nonstop. She was rushed to the hospital many times. But I said, whatever light is inside of her is covered by the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. No death can touch her and no death can destroy her. And then she was, she was born. What I'm saying is this. God's life cannot be destroyed by anything. 
but the devil's life can be overcome and destroyed by his resurrection life. So he said in here, Lazarus, come forth. And there's the dead wrapped in, in clothes. Cover his eyes with his head. Okay. I don't care if this law come out anyway. I don't care if you're struggling, come out anyway. And as you keep moving, life is flowing. And your momentum is building. Hallelujah. And pretty soon you're out huh, where you are at. And you're experiencing the life that Christ can only provide. Hallelujah. So you see, it came out. And Jesus said to the disciples, hey man, do your work. Unwrap him. So he unwrapped him. There goes the right hand. They are rapping, there goes the Hallelujah. All of a sudden, everything was to move on. Keep jumping, walking, and leaping and praising the Lord. He's gonna unwrap you today after you're resurrected out from your grave, and you're gonna be walking and leaping out of here and rejoicing in the Lord. What's your problem? Is it too difficult for Jesus? What is your challenges in life? Is it impossible for him? How long you have been buried in the grave? Three days, four days, 40 days, 20 days, 20 years, 72 years like me. 72 years I'm still walking in the resurrection, resurrection life of Christ. And that's the one that keeps me going. I was preaching in, in one church last Sunday. And I said, just watching you preaching, going back and forth. It tires me. The pastor said, I'm young, but just watching you, where do you get that energy? It's the resurrected life of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. When you're living in the abundant life, when you're living in Christ's life, you're living in his victory. Hallelujah. Anything that comes, just bounce. Bounce off. Because nobody can touch you. You are shielded by the life of Jesus Christ. Let me give you a testimony. Three weeks ago in the Philippines, I was completely broke. Whenever I have a money, I give it away. My daughter said to me, Dad, if you don't give away your money, you're a multimillionaire. I said, I'm a millionaire today because I've been giving away my money. Because I know when God blessed me, it is to bless others. And my greatest hurt in life is when I could not give. I would rather give than to receive. It brings so much joy in giving than receiving. Come to the point that I give my last money to one family. And my daughter came to me and he said, Dad, Disconnection notice from the electric company, and I start laughing. She got upset. Why are you laughing? I said, well, nothing. I'm just laughing because I know that God never failed before. He'll never fail now. And so why should I get worried? He's setting me up for a miracle. But dad, 24 hours, they will cut off our electricity. 24 hours came, nothing happened. Because I don't have the money to pay. 
following day, I got invited to speak to another church. And they gave me $200, in equivalent $200. So going home, I said to my daughter, change this money, deposit it to the bank, pay for the electric bill. That was on a Sunday. Monday came. The guy is arrived at the door. I'm here to cut off your electricity. Thank God. He has been coming before for two days. But our meter is inside of the house. When we are not in, they cannot go in to cut it off. What a blessing. It's not outside. <laughs> so when he arrived to cut it off, they said, I said, no, no, we are paying it today. I said, no, but this is the disconnection. Two days late. I said, please, we have the money. I said, if you can go now, I will wait for the receipt. I will not cut it off. So I sent my niece. I said, run quickly. It's four blocks away from our house. It's the, the electric company. I said, go immediately. Pay for it. And so he waited for this receipt. So, okay, don't tell anybody that I let go of you this time. And here is the receipt. And I said, thank you. I said, is there any snack? I said, what do you want? I have a snack in here. What I'm saying is that the favor of God, the resurrection power of God will buy you time. Hallelujah. Amen. So nothing will surprise the Lord. I have story after story. Coming here, I don't have money to buy my ticket. But I was already booked last Sunday to preach. And I said, I might not be able to come. No, we advertise it already. You must come. I said, Lord, what would I do? I said, go. Because I've been to this situation before when I go to the airport in San Francisco, going to, San, to, to Hong Kong, and I have no ticket. And my wife said, you're crazy to go without a ticket. Well, the Lord said, go. I said, you go by yourself. I'm not going to the airport with you because I don't want to be embarrassed with you. So I was standing in the line. Uh, Pan American was still alive during the time. And they said, go ahead, I'm waiting for somebody. Go ahead, I'm waiting for somebody. And then there is nobody already in the line. I was, I was the only one. And all there in the screen said, in 45 minutes, this window will close. And there was nobody standing. I'm pretending looking in my briefcase. And the lady was sitting there said, are you traveling? I said, yeah, come, come. <laughs> I said, well, what would I do? She said, just go. So I came, handed my passport. And I said, oh, so you're Reverend Ray? We, did, we were wondering whether you're coming or not. Your ticket is waiting here for you. Since then, I have no more fear. Since then, I have no more fear. Hallelujah. Because God is in control. When you're walking in the resurrection life of Jesus Christ, you are no longer bound. You are free. Stand up to your feet. Hallelujah. Now, because of the lack of time, I'm just going to move quickly. Whatever your situation is today, if you want to come out of your grave, whether it's first time experience of salvation, Jesus is your resurrection. Whether it's a finances, marriage, relationship, emotional, mental, whatever it is, Jesus is the answer. And help is in our midst. Hallelujah. And He is willing to turn your situation around. Are you ready for your miracle? Are you ready to come out of your grave? Are you ready to walk into your victory? Are you ready to say, I've been here so long. 
in this graveyard. It's time to come out. Then walk out for his calling you. At the count of three, I want you to run to the altar. One, two, three. Run to the altar, whatever it is that you need. Jesus is here. I don't want you to drag yourself. If you really need a miracle from God, you need to experience the power of God. Run quickly. Hallelujah. And begin to worship the Lord. Begin to worship the Lord. Hey, Shalom. Come on, lift up your voices. Lift up your voices. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, open up your mouth. Cry out to the Lord. Yes, Lord, I'm coming out. I'm coming out.
Blessed are those who are not Put your eyes on Jesus. Some of you who are being deeply touched, don't be in a hurry to move. God is here. God is here. God has a plan for your life. Do you know that? Huh? What, what do you do in this church? I serve. That's just but the beginning. to pray, but God knows who you are. God knows who you are. 
name of Jesus. Come on, put up Chris more so we can hear him, please. Come on, those of you here, worship. Worship. God is here. The preacher can only be in one place at one time, but God is here. Come on, press in. Some of you need that miracle today. I need you to quadruple his level right now. I cannot hear him. Come on, bring it up. Jesus. Come on, Chris. Start again. The atmosphere is changing. Start again. Come on. Yes, put him up in the monitors, please. Come on. Yes, it is, Lord. Jesus. The Lord is here. Jesus. Jesus.
just singing right now, just lift up your voices. Come on, lift up your voices, saints. Raise up the guitar a little bit, please. Raise up the guitar a little bit. Come on, just lift up your voices. Jesus. 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 authority, word of command 
Do not be offended of that. Be happy that you have a man of God that is interested of your future. Submit to this man. If you want to be useful in the kingdom of God, submit to his authority. If you belong in this church, this is your home church, submit to the authority. It's hard, it's too difficult nowadays to find a pastor that is moving and working in the Holy Ghost. I've been to many churches all over the world. I've been to a church of 20,000. I've been to a church of five people. Big churches now are dead. Programs. We call it appeasing the mind, not disturbing the spirit. Deluded gospel. So the congregation are sickly and anemic. But in this church, they're given the full dosage of life. And the reason why it's hard on you guys because He loves you. He's not here to pamper you. He's here to make you what you ought to be in God. If I live in Chicago, this will be my church. Let me tell you, there's something here that you will not find in another church. So love it. Appreciate what God is doing. And be involved. Do not just sit down. Participate. I love this man. Amen. We will have our altar workers come forward. If you feel that you still need prayer, altar workers, would you come? We're going to close out by praying. And this is what I want to ask you to do. If you want to sow into Pastor Ray's life, grab an envelope in the back and write in missions because whatever we give to missions is going to him. He is our missionary in the Philippines. And Jerry, with her husband Tony, will be joining him soon with an outreach that all will be invited to go to. So it will be happening soon. But if today you want to give and sow into his life, all you got to do is give. Put it under missions online or in the back. And if you need more prayer, because these guys are just as anointed as us guys on the stage, isn't that right? Amen. Anointing knows no personality. Amen. And so if you need more prayer, come up. Otherwise, we'll keep the after party going. We'll keep worshiping because there ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because the Holy Ghost party don't. Whoa, well, there ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because the Holy Ghost party. Y'all didn't stop partying, have you? Because I heard y'all some crazy parties in the Holy Ghost, that is. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Bless everyone as they have to go. Continue to speak this word to our life. Bring dead things alive, Lord. And we thank you once again for this great day. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's give it up for Jesus. God bless you.